Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. It feels good to be reading back in the morning. Peyton's like half asleep, waking up. School's back in session. Let's try and get through these this series a series of unfortunate events because spooky season's coming and I can't wait. Aren't you excited for spooky season? We have a really, really scary book that we're gonna read. Hompe. Huh, oh, it's spooky. Okay. And then we might do some um, goosebumps too. I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. Okay, a series of unfortunate events, book the sixth, The Earthsat's Elevator, chapter seven. When you know someone a long time, you become accustomed to their idiosyncrasies, which is a fancy word for their unique habits. For instance, Sunny Baudelaire had known her sister Violet for quite some time, and it was accustomed to Violet's idiosyncrasies of tying her hair up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes whenever she was inventing something. Violet had known Sunny for exactly the same length of time, and it was a custom for Sunny's idiosyncrasies of saying free jip when she wanted to ask a question, how can you think of elevators at a time like this? And both the, the young Bolde, both of the young Baudelaire women were very well acquainted with their brother Klaus, and were accustomed to his idiosyncrasies of not paying a bit of attention to his surroundings when he was thinking very hard about something, as he was clearly doing it for doing as the afternoon wore on. The doorman continued to insist that the Baudelaire orphans could not return to the penthouse, so the three children sat on the bottom of the steps of 667 Dark Avenue, Dark Avenue's lengthy stairway, stairwell, ate the food that they had brought down with them, and then rested their weary legs, which had not felt sore since Olaf. In this previous disguise, he had forced them to run hundreds of, mi- hundreds of laps on part of his scheme to steal their fortune. A good thing to do when one is sitting, eating, and resting is to have a conversation, and Violet and Sunny were both eager to converse about Gunther's mysterious disappearance and appearance and what they might be able to do about it. But Klaus was scarcely participating in the discussion. Only when his sisters asked him direct questions, such as, but where in the world would Gunther be? Or what do you think Gunther is planning? Or topoing, did Klaus mumble a response. And Violet and Sunny soon figured out that Klaus must be thinking very hard about something. So they left him to his idiosyncrasy and talked quietly to each other until the doorman ushered Jerome and Esme into the hall, into the lobby. Hello, Jerome, Violet said. Hello, Esme. Trebek, said Sunny, which meant welcome home. Klaus mumbled something. What a pleasant surprise to see you all the way down here, Jerome said. It will be easier to climb all those stairs if we've had all th- if we have you three charming people for company. And can you carry the crate of parsley soda that are stacked outside, Esme said? Then I don't have to worry about breathing one breaking one of my fingernails. We'd be happy to carry the big crates up those stairs, Violet lied. But the doorman said, we're not allowed back, allowed back inside the penthouse. Not allowed? Jerome frowned. Whatever do you mean? 
You gave me specific instructions not to let the children back in, Miss Squalor, the doorman said, at least until Gunther had left the building and he still has not left. Don't be absurd, Esme said. He left the penthouse last night. What kind of doorman are you? Actually, I'm an actor, the doorman said, but I was still able to follow your instructions. Esme gave the doorman a stern look. Ooh, that sounds creepy. I'm an actor? Oh, now I can hear the dogs barking at each other. And we're back. Sorry, our dogs fence fight with the neighbor's dogs. Okay. Uh, your instructions have been changed, she said. Your new instructions are to let me and my orphans go directly to my 71-bedroom apartment. Got it, Buster? Got it, said the doorman. Re the doorman replied meekly. Good, Esme said, and then turned turned to the children. Hurry up, kids, she said. Violet and what's-his-name can teach, can each take a crate of soda, and Jerome will take the rest. I guess the baby won't be very helpful, but that's to be expected. Move on. Let's move on. The Baudelaire's got to move on, and in a few moments, the three children and the two adults were te trekking up 66-floor long staircases. The youngers were hoping that Esme might, Esme might help carry the heavy crates of soda, but in the city's but the city's sixth most important financial advisor was much more interested in telling them about her meeting with the king of Arizona than buttering up any orphans. He told me a long list of new things that are in, Esme squealed. For one thing, grapefruits. Also, bright blue cereal bowls, billboards with photographs of weasels on them, and plenty of other things that I will list for you right now. All the way up to the penthouse, Esme listed new items that she had learned about from the Arizona Highness, from his Arizona Highness, and the two Baudelaire's. Oh my gosh, they're both in Arizona. Did you realize that? And Oh wait, I'm not reading that book with you. I'm reading another book that she just moved to Arizona. I forgot. That's an adult book. You don't know. Um, sisters listened carefully the whole time. They did not listen carefully to Esme's dull speech, of course, because they listened closely at each curve of the staircase, double-checking their eavesdropping to hear if Gunther was indeed behind one of the apartment doors. Neither Violet nor Sunny heard anything suspicious, and they would have to ask Klaus in a low whisper so that the squalors couldn't hear them if he had heard any sort of Gunther noises, but they could tell from his idiosyncrasies that he was just thinking very hard about something and wasn't listening to the noises of the apartments any more than he was listening to an automob automobile tires, cross-country skiing, movies with waterfalls in them, and the rest of the things that Esme was rattling off. Oh, and magenta wallpaper, Esme said, as the Baudelaire's and the Squalors finished their, or finished a dinner in, uh, finished a dinner of foods washed down with parsley soda, which tastes even nastier than it sounds. In a triangular pic, and triangular picture frames, a very fancy do dually um and very fancy duallys and garage garbage cans with letters of alphabetical stencils all over them excuse me klaus said and his sisters jumped a little bit and surprised it was the first time klaus had spoken in any in anything but a mumble since they had been in the lobby i don't mean to interrupt but my sisters and i are very tired may we ex be excused and go to bed of course, Jerome said. You should get plenty of rest for the auction tomorrow. I'll take you to the to the Veblen Hall at 10.30 sharp. So, no, you won't, Esme said. 
Yellow, pa yellow paper clips are in, Jerome. So as soon as the sun rises, you'll have to go right to the stationery district and get some. I'll bring the children. Well, I don't want to argue, Jerome said, shrugging and giving the children a small smile. Esme, don't you want to tuck the children in? Nope, Esme said, frowning as she sipped her parsley soda. Folding blankets over three wiggling children sounds a lot more trouble than it's worth. See you kids tomorrow. I hope so, Violet said and yawned. She knew that Klaus was asking to be excused. She knew that Klaus was asking to be excused so that he could tell her and Sonny what he had been thinking about after lying awake the previous night, searching the entire penthouse, tiptoeing all over the stairs. The eldest Baudelaire was actually quite tired. Good night, Esme. Good night, Jerome. Good night, children, Jerome said. And please get up in the middle of the night if of the night and have a snack or try not oh, oh if you get up in the middle of the night and try and have a snack do not spill your food there seems to be a lot of crumbs around the penthouse lately the Baudelaire orphans looked at one another and smiled to share their secret sorry about that violet said tomorrow we'll do the vacuuming if you want vacuum cleaners esme said oh i knew there was something else that he told me was in oh and cotton balls and anything with chocolate sprinkles on it and the Baudelaire's did not want to stick around for any more of Esme's on Esme's list, so they brought their plates into the nearest kitchen and walked down the hallway, decorated with antlers of various animals, through, through a sitting room, past five bathrooms, took a left turn at the kitchen, and eventually made their way to Violet's bedroom. Okay, Klaus, Violet said to her brother when the three children had found, the com found a comfortable corner for their, their discussion. I know you've been thinking hard about something because you've been doing that unique habit of yours where you don't pay any bit of attention to your surroundings. Unique habits? Like, uh, unique habits like that are called idiosyncrasies, Klaus said. Stiblo, Sunny cried, which meant can improve our vocabulary. We can improve our vocabulary later. Tell us what's on your mind. Sorry, Sunny, Klaus said. It's just that I think I figured out what Gunther... Where or what? Oh, where Gunther might be hiding, and I'm, but I'm not positive. First, Violet, I need to ask you something. What do you know about the elevators? Elevators? Violet said, quite a bit, actually. My friend Ben once gave me some elevator blueprints for my birthday, and I studied them very closely. They were destroyed in the fire, of course, but I remember that an elevator is essentially a platform surrounded by an enclosure that moves along a vertical axis via this endless loop belt and a series of ropes it is controlled by a push button con console that regulates an electromagnetic <sighs> an electromagnetic braking system so the transport sequences can be halted at any access point the passenger desire uh, that the passenger desires in other words it's a box that moves up or down depending on where you want to go but so what <laughs> free gyp sunny asks which means which, as you know, was her idiosyncrasy of saying, how can you think of an elevator at this time? Well, it was the doorman that caught me thinking about elevators, Klaus said. Remember when he said that sometimes the solution is right under your nose? Well, he was gluing that wooden starfish on the elevator's doors right when he said that. I noticed that too. It looked, it looked a little ugly. It did look ugly, Klaus agreed, but that's not what I mean. I got to thinking about elevator doors. Outside the doors of the penthouse, there are two pairs of elevator doors, but on every other floor, there are only one pair. Oh, that's true, Violet said. That's an odd, that's an 
that's odd too, now that I think of it. It means that one elevator can only stop on the top floor. Yellervik, Sunny said, which meant that second elevator is com- almost completely useless. I don't think it's useless, Klaus said, because I don't think the elevator's really there. Not really there, Violet asked. But what would, what would just leave an, but that would just leave an empty elevator shaft. Meadow, Sunny asked. An elevator shaft is the path of an elevator that would not squeak as they pushed it open. But apparently the hinges, wait, what? That's not, did I miss a page? Hold on. An elevator shaft, yeah, I missed a page, is, okay. An elevator shaft is a path of an elevator that it uses to move up and down, Violet explains to her sister. It's sort of like a hallway, except it goes up and down instead of side to side. A hallway, Klaus said, could lead to hiding places. Aha, Sunny cried. Aha is right, Klaus agreed. Just think of, of, just think, if he used an empty elevator shaft instead of stairs, nobody would even know he was there. I don't even think the elevator's been shut down because, because it's out. I think over where Gunther is hiding. I think that's where Gunther is hiding. But why is he hiding? What is he up to? Violet asked. Well, that's the part I still don't know, Klaus admitted. But I bet, I bet you the answers can be found behind those sliding doors. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at what's behind the second pair of elevator doors. And if we see the ropes and the things you were describing, then we know it's a real elevator. But if we don't, then we know we're right on track. Violet finished him. Let's, let's go right this minute. If we go right this minute, Klaus said, we still have to be very quiet. The squalors are not going to let three children poke around the elevator shaft. Well, it's worth the risk if it if it helps us figure out Gunther's plan, Violet said. I'm sorry to say that it turns out to not be worth the risks at all. But, of course, the Baudelaire's had no way of knowing that. So, they merely nodded in agreement and tiptoed towards the penthouse exit, peeking into the room before they went before they went through to see if the squalors were anywhere to be found. But Jerome and Esme were apparently spending the evening in some room another part in another part of the apartment because the Baudelaire's didn't see a hair of them, which is the expression that means hide or hair hide or hair of them here oh which the expression hide or hair of them means even a glimpse of the city's sixth most important financial advisor in her husband on the way to the front door. They hoped it would not squeak as they pushed it open, but apparently silent hinges were in because the Baudelaire's made no noise at all as they left the apartment and tiptoed over to the two pairs of elevator doors. How would we know which elevator is which, Violet whispered. The pair of doors look exactly alike. Mm, I hadn't thought of that, Klaus replied. If one of them really is a secret passageway, to the, it must, there must be a way to tell. Sunny tugged on the leg of her sibling on her sibling's pants, which was a good way to get their attention without making any noise. And when Violet and Klaus looked down to see what their sister wanted, the answer she answered them just silently without speaking. She reached for one of her tiny fingers and pointed to the button buttons that were next to each of the sliding doors. Next to one pair of doors, there was a single button with an arrow that pointed down. But next to the second pair of doors were two buttons, one with a down arrow and one with an up arrow. 
The children looked down at the buttons and considered. Why would you need an up button, Violet whispered, if we're already on the top floor? And without waiting for an answer, and waiting for her an answer to her question, she reached and pressed it. With a quiet, slithery sound, the sliding doors opened, and the children leaned in carefully into the door and gasped at what they saw. Lacry, Sunny said, which meant something like, There are no ropes. There are only, not only are there no ropes, Violet said. There is an endless loop belt. Press push button console. There is no, oh my gosh. Not only is there no rope, there's no endless loop belt, no push button console, or no electromagnetic braking system. I don't even see an enclosed platform. I knew it, Klaus said in a hushed, excited voice. I knew the elevator was, was ersatz. Ersatz was a word that describes a situation in which one thing is pretending to be another. The way that the secret passage to the Baudelaire's, the Baudelaire's were looking at had been pretending to be an elevator, but the word might as well have meant the most terrifying place that the Baudelaire's had ever seen. As the children stood over the doorway and peered inside the elevator shaft, as if they were standing on the edge of an enormous cliff, looking down the dizzy depths below them. But what made these depths terrifying, as well as dizzying, was that they were so very dark. The shafts were more of a pit than a passageway, leading straight down to blackness, like the likes of which the youngsters had never seen. It was darker than any night had ever been, and even on the nights that there was no moon. It was darker than Dark Avenue had been the day of their arrival, and it was dark, darker than a pitch-black panther covered in tar, eating black licorice on the bottom of the deepest part of the Black Sea. But the Baudelaire orphans had never dreamt that anything could be this dark. Even their scariest nightmares, as they stood at the edge of the pit of the unimaginable blackness, they felt as if the elevator shaft would simply swallow them up and they would never see a speck of light again. We have to go down there, Violet said, scarcely believing the words that she was saying. I'm not sure I have the courage to do that, Klaus said. Look how dark it is down there. It's terrifying. Prolet, Sunny said, which meant, but not as terrifying as what Gunther will do to us if we don't find out his plan. Why don't we just go tell the squallers about this, Klaus asked. Then they can go down the secret passageway. We don't have time to argue with the squallers, Violet said. Every minute that we waste is a minute... The quagmires are spinning in Gunther's clutches. But how are we going to go get down? Or how are we going to go down, Klaus said. I don't see a ladder or a staircase. I don't see anything at all. We're going to have to climb down, Violet said, on a rope. But where where I can find a rope... But where can I find a rope at this time of night? The hardware stores are... The hardware stores close at six. The scholars must have some types of ropes somewhere in the penthouse, Klaus said. Let's split up and find some. We'll meet back here in 15 minutes. Violet and Sunny agreed, and the Baudelaire stepped carefully away from the elevator shaft and tiptoed back to the squalor penthouse. They felt like burglars as they split up and began searching in the apartment, although they had been only f- there had only been five burglars in the history of robbery who had specialized in rope. All five of these burglars were caught and sent to prison, which is why scarcely any people lock their rope up for safekeeping. But to their frustration, the Baudelaire's learned that their guardians did not lock up ropes at all for the simplest reason they didn't have any. 
I couldn't find any ropes at all, Violet admitted as she rejoined her siblings, but I did find these extension cords, which might work. I took these curtain poles down from the windows, Klaus said. They're a little bit like ropes, so I thought that they might be useful. Armani, Sunny offered, holding up an armful of Jeremy's neckties, or Jerome's neckties. Well, we'll have some ersatz ropes, Violet said, for for our climb down the ersatz elevator. Let's tie them all together with the devil's tongue. The devil's tongue, Klaus glassed. It's a knot, Violet explained. It was invented by the female Finnish pirates of the 15th century. I used it to make my grappling hook when the Olaf had Sunny trapped in the cage dangling from his tower. And it'll work well. We need to make some, the rope as long as possible. For all we know, the passageway may go to the bottom floor of the building. It looks like it goes all the way down to the center of the earth, Klaus said. And we've spent so much of our time trying to escape from Count Olaf. I can't believe that now we're trying to find him. Me either, Violet admitted. But if it weren't for the quagmires, I would go all the I wouldn't go down there at all. Bang map, Sunny reminded her siblings. She meant something along the lines of if it weren't for the quagmires, we would have been in his clutches a long time ago, and the two older Baudelaire's nodded in agreement. Violet showed her siblings how to make the devil's tongue, and the three children hurried and tied the extension cord to the curtain poles to the to the neckties and to the last necktie is to the sturdiest thing that they could find which was the doorknob of the squalor penthouse violet checked her siblings handiwork and finally gave the whole rope a satisfying tug i think this should hold us she said i only hope it's long enough why don't we just drop the rope down the shaft klaus said and listen to see if it hits the bottom then we'll know for sure good idea violet replied and walked to the edge of the passageway as she threw the edge of the furthermost extension cord, and the children watched as it disappeared into the blackness, dragging the rest of the Baudelaire's line with it. The coil, the coils of the cord, and pulled the necktie unwound, and the necktie unwound quickly, like a long snake walking, walking up and slithering down the shaft. It slithered and slithered and slithered, and the children leaned forward as far as they dared and listened as hard as they could. Finally, they heard a faint clink as if the extension cord had hit a piece of metal and the three orphans looked at one another. The thought of climbing all that distance in the dark on, on an ersatz rope they had fashioned themselves made them want to turn around and run all the way back to their beds and pull the blankets over their heads. The siblings stood together at the edge of this dark, terrible place and wondered if they really dared to begin the climb. The Baudelaire rope had made it to the bottom, but with the Baudelaire children? Are you ready, Klaus finally asked. No, Sunny said. Me either, Violet said. But if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. Let's go. Violet tugged one last time on the rope and carefully, carefully lowered herself down the passageway. Klaus and Sunny watched her disappear into the darkness as if some huge, hungry creature had eaten her up. Come on, they heard her whisper from the blackness. It's okay. Klaus blew on his hands, and Sunny blew on hers, and the two younger Baudelaire's followed their sister to the utter, into the utter darkness of the elevator shaft, only to discover that Violet had not told the truth. It was not okay. It was, it was not half okay. It was not even one-twentieth, one-twenty-seventh okay. The climb down and the shadowy passage felt like falling into a deep hole in the bottom of a deep pit, 
on the bottom of a floor of a dungeon that was deep underground, and it was the least okay situation the Baudelaire's had ever encountered. Their hands gripped the line with the only thing they saw because as their eyes adjusted to the darkness, they were afraid to look anywhere else, particularly down. The distant clink of the bottom of the line was the only sound that they heard because the Baudelaire's were too scared to speak, and the only thing they felt was sheer terror as the deep as deep and dark as a passage itself, a terror so profound that I have slept with I have slept with four nights I have slept with four night lights ever since I visited six six seven Dark Avenue and saw its deep pit of the boat that the Baudelaire's climbed down. But I also saw during my visit that the Baudelaire orphan what the Baudelaire orphans saw when they reached the bottom after climbing more than four more than three terrifying hours. By then, their eyes had adjusted to the darkness, and they could see the bottom of the, what the bottom of the line was hitting when it was making that faint clinking sound. The edge of the furthest extension cord was bumping into a piece of metal, all right, a metal hook. The lock was secured around the metal door, and the metal door was attached with a series of metal bars that made up the rusty metal cage. By the time my research led to this passageway, the cage was empty, but it had been empty. But it had been empty for a very long time. But it was not empty when the Baudelaire's reached it. As they, as they arrived at the bottom of this deep, terrifying place, the Baudelaire orphans looked into the cage and saw the huddled, trembling figures of the of Duncan and Isadora Quagmire. Peyton, he found the Quagmires. Remember they were in the bottom of the elevator? She's shaking her head. She's Okay, I think she just was sleeping through that whole thing. Okay. Well, it's time to get up and the quagmires are found. Woohoo. All right. Let's get ready for school, Kettlelink.